Hello and welcome into Jumping Through Hoops. My name is Dustin and here with me, of course, is Freddie. Hey, what's up? And going to try to keep it short today. Uh, a bit of a, a not, I don't want to say somber because that makes it sound like someone died, but it's, it's depressing news here uh, in the NBA world. Uh, they confirmed this morning that Jamal Murray is going to miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL in his left knee. Obviously, this is a huge blow to to him, to the Denver Nuggets as a team. And it really, to me, this is going to shake up the, the, not the rest of the regular season as much, but like the standings and then the playoffs in particular. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. It has, it has impact on like the league at large, at least considering the Western conference, you know, um, cause he's a top talent name, you know, across the league, you have to scout for him. And now he's just gone. That's terrible. And the sad thing is like how fast that that happens because like one minute, you know, he's playing great and they just added Aaron Gordon and they had an eight game win streak with him and everything was finally looking like it was coming together. Jokic is still playing at an MVP level. And now basically this morning, everyone's talking about how this could be it for the Nuggets, you know, contention window, depending on how he comes back from this injury and how long it takes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Oh, no, I wouldn't sorry. want to Go jump ahead. ahead, like for his return date. I know ACL injuries and stuff like that. We've seen quicker return times than even like you know five, ten years ago. But it's just I, I when I first saw this, I had to look at the date and remind myself it's already April, mid mm-hmm. almost mid April, and playoffs are right around the corner. So to to view him as coming back potentially like before the Nuggets could you know make a finals or something like that. Seems a little optimistic. Exactly. It's a little, it's a little ahead of ahead of ourselves. Um, I guess we'll first we'll start with, you know, the impact for him himself. The one thing that I will say that when I saw that it was an ACL and he was out indefinitely, I was very relieved that he got his contract before this happened. I never yeah. like seeing players go down with injuries, but especially when they're, you know, either coming off a deal or coming off a rookie deal and they're still looking for that. Like you think of Isaiah Thomas and like all the money he lost out on coming from being an MVP candidate to, you know, almost completely out of the league really mm-hmm. because of injuries. So to, to see him have that security, I felt similarly with, um, with Markel as well earlier this year when he had his ACL injury. And it's like, well, at least Orlando, like he got that extension first. And it's not like now it's it's double bad because he's hurt. He's going to miss this time and his future's uncertain. So yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad he got that commitment. And it feels weird to say that like an ACL injury is probably like the least severe of injuries he could suffer yeah, at this point. It's, it's weird that we're glad that it's like, not that we're glad, but hearing the fact that it's an ACL is almost a little more reassuring, especially than like if it was the Achilles. If it was an Achilles, we'd be reacting totally different. Exactly. Probably. Um, there's much more cause for concern. But as far as the contract extension goes, I think too, it, the, the market plays a huge factor. For instance, with Jamal he probably would get a contract. I would hope that he'd still get a contract extension with someplace like Denver, given type of stuff he's done um, yeah. with them, the commitment he's shown to them, the improvement he's shown. I mean, it's all sh- could coulda, shoulda, woulda in, in this regard, but um, it, it, 
it's good that that's happened. So he doesn't have to have that in the back of his mind. He knows that all of his rehab time is going to be taken care of by Denver. He probably doesn't have to be looking over his shoulder about some kind of a trade or things like that. It's just right. solely focus on the work, focus on getting back to a hundred percent and, you know, being there for the team as they make their stretch run, whether it's on the court or on the sideline. So he's also only 24 years old which is probably going to be a huge boost as well. I mean, he posted a little earlier, I think on Twitter as well, but I saw it on Instagram. He posted about like, can't take the dog, can't take the fight out of the dog or something like that. And he's posted like something that was like, I'm saving all these pictures from the night of the injury to remember and remind myself. And like, so it seems like he's going to probably attack this pretty, pretty head on in terms of trying to come back as healthy as possible which is good because I can't imagine, you know, how I would respond to a devastating injury like that. So to see him, you know, already kind of talking about it and already like committing himself to the work is good. And then, yeah, just the youth that just being 24 years old, it's a more manageable type of injury to come back from. Yeah. I mean, part of the bummer of it too, even beyond like this season is just, you know, with the Olympics, if the Olympics are still going down in Tokyo and stuff like that, he probably would have led the Canadian national team, you know, as, as their biggest star. I mean, I may be forgetting someone off the top of my head right now, but he's going to be a marquee name for Canada, like Canadian basketball at large. And a lot of foreign born players really look forward to that more than a lot of the U S born players. So that's a bummer for him just personally, but as far as coming back afterwards, um, he knows that he gets to come back and play with someone who by that time will probably already have been an MVP. And Ooh, yeah. that, can only, that can only ease the process a little more, you know, make it a little easier to come back. The, the Nuggets always talk about having fun and just playing the right way anyway. So I think knowing that he put in the work out off you know, off the court during rehab and like through practice, when he comes back into games, I don't think it'll be as huge of a, of a task, even though he's such a primary like player on that team, he doesn't have to worry about all that responsibility all at once coming back. Right. It's not like they're going to be like, Hey, all right, we need you to do everything now. Mm -hmm. And then just before we get to Denver, I just wanted to say too, I know it's a condensed season, and he only played 40, uh, 48 games before suffering this injury, but he was on pace for career highs basically across the board. Uh, so he was averaging career highs in assists, points, and three-point percentage, um, and three-point attempts as well, field goal percentage as well, shooting almost 50% from the field. So like he was f- like finally on that trajectory because a lot of the, the conversations around him were about like inconsistencies night to night and like not knowing what you were going to get, especially like as a problematic thing in the playoffs. And then he had that breakthrough in the bubble where he was just going for 40, 50 consistently. And, and then, you know, the season starts this year and he's a little slow out of the gates. The whole Nuggets team was, but he had really settled into a groove where it seemed like everything was finally starting to flow really well both for him, like the team at large and then him in that in his role in that team like everything felt like it was finally completely smoothed out so it'll be interesting to see if he can you know maintain that type of trajectory and and really preserve his fit because i don't know what you know what denver is going to do now as a result of this type of move like say he doesn't come back until 2 3 months into next season or something 
what are they going to do so they can be like, okay, well, we're not going to just wait three extra months to start competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for, for Jamal, I think, you know, test wise and, and stat wise, if you go on game to game, to game breakdown, it doesn't, he doesn't show the consistency you would, you'd love, but it all balances out. I think for him, you hear like the talking heads on ESPN, TNT say it all the time where like superstars bring it every night you know they don't have a game where they can just not perform he, and like I said he's fortunate where he gets to play next to Jokic who does bring it every night and I think the like coming back from an injury he's going to get that kind of 50,000 foot view of what mm-hmm. this team as constructed right now does how they're effective and where he can where he can slide back in and be the most impactful on a night-to-night basis I think that could be a very helpful for him readjusting coming back from injury um just kind of knowing okay this is this is what I do this is my time to shine in these moments because this is where I'm going to help because earlier this season before they got Aaron Gore and stuff like that he was just running the bench mob while Jokic was on the bench you know they're having Mm -hmm. to split their minutes stuff like that which obviously can drop field goal percentage stuff like that so I think him coming back after taking this time away think he's a smart enough player he's going to figure that out and we're going to see when he comes back that he is you know star point guard in the league for sure so you kind of mentioned it a little bit uh so we'll go to the Denver side of things and what that what this means just for the team as a whole so they're fourth right now in the west they are a game ahead of the Lakers who are in fifth who have had plenty of injury issues of their own this year and you know, it, there's only a couple weeks left of the regular season. So it's not like teams that are way in the back are going to have to, it's not like the Denver Nuggets have to worry about falling out of the playoffs because they still have tons of talent. They still have probably the MVP with Jokic. So they're still going to stay afloat. But in terms of like big picture potential for this team this year, like, would you say, what would you say is the new, like, best case scenario for as far as they can go um well their their hopes always stopped like started and ended with Jokic just always that was a fact so I still think that they're able to compete for like the Western Conference Finals for the finals all of that with you as long as Jokic continues to play at the levels and he may even step in the playoffs Aaron Gordon was a huge fit for them but when you look at their guard depth now, um, like they're going to play Composo, stuff like that, Will Barton. Um, but the the control and the, and the explosive scoring that Jamal Murray brings to the team that we've seen from the bubble last year, that we've seen this season, just being able to dictate what his team and the other team does mm-hmm. on offense while Jokic is out, I think they're going to sh- like really miss that. And that's going to be, that's going to be tough to replace. You know, they could always like, let's say they were still going to bring guys in or whatever, like in just some world where that was the option. You can't necessarily replace that. You might be able to find guys that re- can replace his points per game, his assists per game and stuff, but the sheer gravity he has and his ability, his ability to lead on the court, that's really going to hurt. And going up against a team like, let's say, Phoenix, who has Devin Booker, 
who has Chris Paul, who not only can put up the numbers and lock guys down on D and Chris Paul sense, it's also just the leadership, the IQ of the game, all that type of stuff that it's now all on Jokic pretty much to manifest that. And that's going to be, that's a, that could be a tough sell. Right. So that's kind of where I landed with it too. I mean, from a sense of like playmaking, you don't lose a whole lot because the offense is usually powering through Jokic anyways. But then like you look at what his impact is as a scorer is like as someone who can play make for others, but who can also just go get his own shot. So Gordon's been a great fit so far, uh, but he's kind of tapered off a little bit in the last couple games. So I don't know that they're going to like really count on him to be the second option. I look at this as, you know, I don't expect uh, Compazzo or Monty Morris or Will Barton to equal Jamal Murray. I'm sure some some staggering of those guys will take place to find someone that can, you know, produce some type of points. But I think really this is going to end up being like the do or die moment for Michael Porter Jr. I, I know mm-hmm. he's not quite the defensive player that they're going to need as they get you know, into the deeper waters of the playoffs. And even the scoring is pretty inconsistent as well. But like, if if he was ever going to show anything, it's probably going to be now, because I think he's going to be the one most likely to be slid up to the number two, like go-to guy now. Like I, I see the team probably trying to run more through him, like say Jokic is on the bench or something than they would trying to go through Aaron Gordon or trying to go through one of, you know, their traditional guards. Like I see them trying to, you know, make him the focal point as far as like initiating the offense goes when, when there's no Jokic. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be important for, for them, but also for him, just because if he comes out and plays really well in the role, I would think it would solidify, you know, okay, he's a part of the long-term plans, but if he comes out and like, scores really well but doesn't create for others or gets exposed a lot on defense then he can suddenly get thrown back into all those trade you know trade rumors and conversations and whatnot for Denver to be like okay we'll give up on the potential we'll give up on the potential so that we can get the known quantity to kind of bolster our team to make these last couple of years of runs yeah I don't know it's going to be interesting with him I don't think you can ask him to do stuff that he's not capable of I think that's Mm. going to be really hard but I do think that um, it's just Denver's just going to have to play big. They they just don't have the guard depth anymore and that small wing depth. So, like, we'll probably see a lot of Paul Millsap, Aaron Gordon, um, Jokic. Uh, yeah, I wish. And uh, well. Porter Jr. lineups, you know, just because those are their strongest players at those positions. Um, and it's their advantage, right? playing big, getting rebounds. All of those guys are dynamic. They can all play, make a little bit, play defense as much as possible. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. And for MPJ, I mean, I'm sure they're going to ask a little more of him. But for me, it would just be like, continue to do what you do. You're going to get more shots now because there's just shots to more shots to go around. But we need you to be that hard cutter like the the offensive putbacks, like that type of stuff. And the ball will find you when you're open. Because if he starts, if he starts doing the Tatum, like, oh, I need to go get my bucket. Not to always bring it back to a Celtic, but like I need to put the ball between my legs and step back and all that type of stuff to get us a bucket. <laughs> right. It probably won't go well. Or it might, you know, a few nights, but then the other nights when it, where it's not going right, 
he's going to shoot them out of the game. They're going to have to put Jokic back in earlier than they want to. It's just, they'd just be all bad. Yeah. I mean, I think that hits basically everything I wanted to, to touch on. The only other thing, and it's, I think it's kind of pointless, but I've seen a lot of people mentioning it online is people are, are mad at Mike Malone, the Nuggets head coach, because it was a nine point game. Denver was down with a minute left. Um, Jamal got hurt on a drive in with probably like 50 seconds left in the game. So there was a lot of like, why was he even in the game? You knew he was already kind of dealing with soreness in his knee. He had missed six games heading into this game. And like, I understand looking for, for a way to like put blame on something to explain this, but this is kind of just a freak accident. Like injuries like this, it's, you know, I don't think that, oh, if he had played 30 minutes instead of 33, he'd be fine. Like, you know, when it when it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And Yeah, there's, there's just a million different factors, right? And you can't say that, like, oh, it's going to happen on the 31st minute, the 32nd minute, the 33rd minute. You just – you don't know. It's just – it's tough. It, it's a really tough thing. You don't know if the player was like, no, we can still win this game. I'm staying in. All that type of stuff. You have no idea, it, you know, and it's different when we have the hindsight of like when KD went down mm-hmm. and Bob Myers was crying stuff, you know, stuff like that. Like there's, there's just too many different variations of this type of thing to really be like, Oh, how could, how could you do this? It's, it was such a simple decision as fans when it's our guy on our team, it's, it's, it's easy for us. You know, we can blame someone at the drop of a hat. But when you think of all the different stuff that goes into it, I think it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And I mean, props to him for refusing the wheelchair, wanted to walk off on his own. I thought that was a cool moment for sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's an unfortunate thing. And I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think coming back after missing six games as it was, he was probably like, no, I need to get my rhythm back. Like, I want to, I want to play. I feel good. Let me let me stay in here so we can, you know, maybe try a couple things or just so I can get back in after not playing for two weeks or so. So like, I can see that because it's probably pretty hard to just tell a professional basketball player, Hey, you're, I know you feel fine, but come out now. Yeah. And you know, playoff race, all that type of stuff. Like exactly there as a fan, there's no way that I could, comprehend all the different stuff that went into the decision of that moment jamal murray's playing you know for this last minute there's no way yeah do you what do you think so they're fourth right now where do you think they end up as far as playoff seating goes fourth <laughs> or third fourth? okay i mean why not like I, I don't see why they couldn't catch the like the clippers or something you know just because jamal murray went down like i right. said they still have a lot of talent on the team i don't think that they'll drop to like a play-in tournament seed i don't think that that's what's going to happen um it just i don't know that that would be if that happens then like we have to be like oh did Jokic get hurt did aaron gordon go down that that would have to happen in order for them to fall any further than kind of where they're at right now yes that's kind of where i was at with it too like i don't see them falling to play-in tournament at all because really the teams that they're competing with are pretty much all ahead of them it's mm-hmm. going to come down to if the Lakers get their guys back. And then also if Portland can take advantage of, you know, of this absence and make up ground because they're the sixth seed right now. 
Um, and they're two games back from, or sorry, two and a half back from Denver for fourth. So like if the Lakers don't get anybody back until the week before the playoffs, then they're probably going to be locked in at five or maybe they fall to six as well if they keep struggling. But like Portland to me, looking at the back half of the standings, that's the only team that could really actually like put pressure on those two teams and, and move their way up. But like Dallas, Memphis, San Antonio, the Warriors, the Pelicans, like I don't see them going on runs that displace the Nuggets now. Like I would say yeah. maybe fifth or sixth would be the lowest that I, I could mean, possibly even, put them. Even if we factored in like strength of schedule remaining for those kind of teams in this hunt, this is kind of the the time of the season where teams they're kind of like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take some of these games off. We're gonna push it here. We're gonna, you know, they strategize for how to best position themselves going into the playoffs, whether or not it's seating, health, rest, practice, all that type of stuff. So I think we're going to kind of just see the plans bear out as much as possible, again, barring other significant injury. And things will probably just kind of fall where they're at right now, I'd imagine, except for those playing teams. And Portland getting healthy for the first time this season, they might make a few jumps here and there. Um, and they're just always full tilt going into the playoffs. So who knows? But other than that, I kind of think we're going to see things break out a little traditionally. Yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. So that's everything I wanted to cover. Uh, was there anything that you that you wanted to mention that we forgot to go over? No, that's it. Just get a little soon, Jamal Murray. All right. And I do, I did think of something for end on a make, but if that's in poor taste, we can save it for next time. <laughs> that's that's up to you i'll let you decide on that one no we can do it they're fun let's do it end on a All happy right. note exactly so joe johnson is gonna get a tryout with the milwaukee bucks i read that earlier today and it got me thinking if you could pick realistically any hooper to join your team who would you pick out of those players that are like out of the league on the fringe bring them in and give them a try I feel like we're both going to have the same exact person, which is why I thought it'd be fun to ask you this. We're, we're not because you said my team. So I'm going to go with the Homer pick, oh, man. I know who you're going to say, and I'll feel really bad if I don't say him, but I'm just going to go with a Homer pick as Jared Sollinger. Oh. I, think, I think he's still like 30, only like 30 years old. He's been playing overseas. He's gotten himself in shape. He's been on Boston Celtics, like, talk radio and podcasts talking about how he's like really matured and stuff like that you know stuff he's supposed to say but whatever right um, of course and the Celtics could just use a big body rebounder who can shoot like he when he came into the league he wasn't a bad mid-range shooter they just asked him to shoot threes which obviously he wasn't going to be able to do um and I he was I just loved him I just loved watching him play as a Celtics fan so Jared Sollinger back but now let's go ahead and hear about Jamal Crawford Oh, no, actually. Not Jamal? Oh, my Not Jamal, God. no, because I didn't know if he was still technically with the Nets or not. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't know if they still had his rights. No, I'm going, I'm going someone else. 31 years old, hasn't hooped in the league in five years, I think, now at this point. Okay. Just give me Brandon Jennings. Just let me <laughs> see Brandon Jennings. He doesn't want to play Jennings. basketball anymore. I understand that, but at this point, like, <laughs> he doesn't get a say in it. If I get yeah. to pick who's coming, I want to see that that left-handed genius on the court once again. 
because especially from Milwaukee again. If it was Milwaukee again, be he crazy. was like a basketball shooting star. It just was like not enough time to truly appreciate. Like that was one of the first times where I was like, this is devastating that this player I like is having these injury issues. Like that was one of the, like the more memorable yeah, times as far as like growing up as a fan, like where I was really like, no, he's so much better than, than what these teams are giving him credit for. Like when he wasn't playing on the Knicks or something oh like that. Oh my gosh. That's was, what like, I was how is he not? How is he not getting minutes on this team? I mean, typical Knicks, but like severely underutilized criminal. That was terrible. He was the only one that would get Porzingis the ball. And it was when they were trying to see if Porzingis could be the future of their franchise. Didn't make any sense. And I love uh, yeah. Sorry, Deeros, but so he he would be my choice. I'm glad that he's found so many ventures outside of basketball, too, though. Because yeah, like 31, he's, he's got a lot of second act left to do whatever he wants. I just selfishly miss seeing him on the basketball court. So like when I saw Joe Johnson was attempting a comeback, I was like, just pick up the phone. Realistically though, if I realistically, like if I take my heart out of it, well, partially my heart's into this actually a lot. It would be Jeremy Lin. Yeah. I thought about that too. Only top 10 score in the G league this year. That's not um, like actively being sought after by an NBA team. At least as far as we know, it's been reported. Mm -hmm. Just a bummer. I mean, he can score, he can lead an offense, run a pick and roll, as we've seen. I think there's a lot of a lot of teams in the NBA that have backup guards that do worse than him. There might even say be a team in a certain city that might be a mile high <laughs> that could maybe use, you know, take a flyer on a couple guards and see what they can get. Like you're That's never gonna like you're never gonna replace Jamal Murray's production, but like are, do you want to see what Jeremy Lin can do or do you want to roll with Facundo Campazzo and hope that he can get you like 12? Yeah, I mean, the thing is too is like, it's not like Jamal Murray is an outstanding defender. So really it's like, you you can kind of take that hit from bringing somebody on, you know? Right. You, and you're just trying to make up that offense, the playmaking, the decision-making, that type of stuff. And I think there's veteran veteran guards out there that could, that could do that for you. So I don't know, Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Brandon Jennings and my guy Jared Selinger. And Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's just, just he forever. Just, he could be 50 and he would be the person I would say. He should just be godfathered to a team. Like, you know how like when you play football is like you have like permanent quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> there should just be teams like there should be like a Western Conference team and an Eastern Conference team where he's just like the permanent sixth man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it just, doesn't matter. Hey, hey, we need Jamal tonight. Okay. <laughs> all right so we'll get out of here uh thank you guys for listening let us know who you would pick uh you can find us on twitter or uh email us at always end on a make at gmail.com uh thank you for listening and uh, we will see you soon all right later